couple invited a pastor for a Sunday dinner. And while they were in the kitchen preparing the meal, the minister asked the son, what are they cooking and um, what are you going to have for dinner? And the little boy said, goat. <laughs> are you sure? The pastor said, goat are we going to have? Then the boy said, yes, I heard daddy said to mom, we might as well have the old goat for dinner today as any other day. <laughs> anyway. <laughs> okay. Okay. Lift up your Bible. Say this after me. We are running out of time. Lord Jesus, influence me this morning. Holy Spirit, I pray that you will release your word this morning. I pray that you are beyond all this time, that you will continue to speak to us. Thank you, Father, for releasing your divine hand upon Michael the same way that you are touching thousands and thousands of people around the world, setting people free in Jesus' name. Amen. Wonderful. So uh, this morning, I want to share a little bit what the Lord put in my heart. As we started this year, there is a journey that God is taking us from January 1. God has been taking us on a unique journey. And how many of you like to feel good? Yes? Is everybody, is anyone here not to feel good? No, everyone wants to feel good. How many of you like to have good things? Yes, good things. How many of you want to smell good? Yes, hello. <laughs> Come on. You don't, I, you don't want me to pray as your pastor and you fall. You know, I'm very conscious of that. So you, how many of you want to feel like you, you want to do good? Yes, but many times we have this thing in our mind that I want to feel good. I want to feel good. If you feeling good is the number one criteria that you come to church, as your pastor, I'm doing a total disservice to you. You get, my, you get my point? If feeling good is the reason you come to God, if feeling good is the only reason you come to God, if that's your top mark, then we are missing out the whole lot of things. So as your pastor, as the pastor of this church, I have, I'm committed not to just make you feel good, but want to share the word in such a way that God alone sits on the throne that you deserve to, he deserved to sit. Amen? So we've been on a journey this year when we started. It's there. The title of this message is called Throw Down Your Stick. And uh, last four weeks we've been talking about standing strong from Jude. You know, we talked about how to stand strong in the midst of all the crisis. The second week we talked about worship the Lord in truth and in spirit. And then the third week we talked about let's get real, the shaka, the real Worship. Worship is not an event. It's a lifestyle. How many of you know that? It's not just 45 minutes or it's on Sunday. It's every single day. By the way, worship never stops when music stops. Amen. And the last, last week we talked about don't reduce your time with Jesus. I mean, God doesn't do shara to business. He, he, has a, he loves to sit only on the throne. Only God alone sits there. And we talked about and we never thought this is the journey you will take because it's not a series. But somehow God is nudging. I had a beautiful three-point sermon. I like to give in points because it's easy to chew in your mind. But God said, no, you're not going to preach that. You're going to preach this. So I'm going to see how it goes. You know, we're going to see how. I wrote down this. Whenever God calls us for a deeper walk with him, it's never to scare us or to punish us, but to transform us into the image of his son. I heard somebody said, the number one ambition of God is to occupy us. The number one ambition of God is to occupy us. It's never to make us feel good, make us feel so that we can be happy about it. The number one ambition of God is to come and conquer us. And more than God conquer through you, he wants to conquer your hearts. And nothing in this world we will achieve in the realm of spiritual authority if we haven't learned the art of surrender. 
and this is a season god is asking us to lay it down in the more the more we understand this kingdom is when we give we receive when we die we live when we surrender we conquer so this is a unique journey god is taking us and god took moses out of egypt we're going to talk about the life of moses you probably might have understood throw down your stick that probably that's the case but i want to get there in a in a minute but god took moses out of egypt when he was 40 years old but it then it took 40 years for moses to let god take egypt out of moses and then god took moses back to egypt someone said this from the dream to dream come true there is always delay from dream to dream come true there is always delay and while you are working on your dream during delay god is working on your character during the time of delay how many of you have dreams if you don't have dreams start dreaming i mean not now <laughs> you know let me dream brother no no everyone has got a dream and it, listen and while you are working on your dream during delay god is working on your character why because the only one thing you take up to heaven is your character nothing else not your charisma not your talents not your ministry portfolio not what you have accomplished that's what these guys came and said jesus we did this, so many things we raised the dead we did this and you know what jesus said i don't even know you and while the god is working on your character is producing something in you you know what is that you might have heard this me saying many times is producing the ultimate fruit in you what is that fruit christ becomes your ultimate fruit amen you know i am a fruitarian you know what does that mean that means i love apple computers that's what it means okay i'm a fruitarian so i don't like the android it's very annoyed so i get annoyed by android excuse my puns but i like and i did a research on apple computer and these guys they have these two main departments one is called the manufacturer and sales probably you all know this the number one is called research and development and uh, to have a 100% success rate on manufacturer and sales they should have so much room in the research and development to make mess okay let me interpret this your ministry is like research and development you hit the streets we are we are doing the homeless for the last 10 years we haven't seen one soul not one soul we could baptize them one soul but we just keep on doing keep on loving keep on speaking life you know but that's your ministry sometimes people say oh this is not working i'm going to quit no you keep on doing noah preached for 120 years either he must be a very dumb preacher or a dumb audience there was no souls but he preached faithfully god is not going to inquire about your rewards of what your faithfulness is his rewards is you are committed to your faithfulness but then that's your ministry but what's your life life is your character people are not going to judge by your ministry not by your profession people are going to judge you by your character and this morning i want to talk a little bit about this when god calls us to a mission you know everybody has got a mission right say i'm on a mission look at someone say you're on a mission that's always louder let's try one more time you're on a mission 
So when God calls us, I remember God called me when I was 18 years old. He said, you will go to the nations of the world, preach the gospel. I said, God, I can't do this. Maybe you picked the wrong guy. And God said, no, 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 I'm, I'm pretty much sure what I have called. I've called you to go to the nations. And cut the long story short, it took me to more than 110 countries to preach the gospel. But it didn't happen like that. I was just like Moses, probably some of you are here. You know, you look holy to me, but I'm just saying, you know. So some of you made that excuses like Moses made from Exodus chapter four, 3 and 4, we're going to talk. He made four lame excuses. Say this with me, lame excuses. We, we all make lame excuses, right? Can, you, can I say one honest hand come up? Lame excuses, you know. How, why are you late? It has become late. <laughs> mm-hmm. yeah. You know, I know a friend of mine at a school, he comes, he invents lies that you will be scratching your head. How come somebody can invent a lie? So one day he came so late and the first bill rang and the, the, the service was finished. People are in the class. He comes like 10, 15 in the class. And the teacher asked him like, why are you late? He said the driver was driving and suddenly he felt not good. He stopped the bus. He went home, sir. So we were all sitting in the bus. And then I started walking. And then we checked out it was not true. So he comes up with very random, you know. Anyway, some of you are like, wow, I should know this guy, you know. (laughs) But Moses made four, we're going to run quickly. Moses made four lame excuses. Look at the verse, Exodus chapter 3, verse 11. This only addresses here. He said, who am I? I am no good to do this. He questions his identity. This is what many times we do. Whenever God calls, the first thing you say, Who am I? I'm an Indian. I'm a South Indian. That too. Any South Indians can witness to me? Yes. I'm a, that too. You know, another, another third level and the third level. Tamilayya. Tamilayya. You know, we do this thing. So we have this. I was just right there. You know, who am I? Moses was the same place. He said, who am I? It's an identity issue. And then, you know, s- This is what someone said. It's not up in the screen. Someone said, behind every saint, there was a sinful past. And before every sinner, there is a plausible saint. Amen. Behind every saint, you see me as your pastor. But if you have heard my testimony, I was a total wreck. But Jesus found me. Amen. I didn't find Jesus. I wanted to run away like my brother here. I wanted to don't do nothing. I was born in the same you know, religious family. I don't want to do anything with ministry. But Jesus found me. How many of you can say, when I was enjoying sin, Jesus found me. Amen? You're too holy to admit that, but I see only two hands. Thank you, Sister Roshni. Thank you. I was, when I was enjoying sin, Jesus found me. Amen? This is the problem. Look at every sinner as yeah, plausible saint. Number two excuse Moses made. Moses said, who are you, Lord? That's in verse 13, Exodus chapter 3. Do yourself a favor. Go home and read these two chapters. So beautiful, the conversations. Who are you? He questions now God's authority and God is not offended. You know, there were two Irish men were drunk and they came out of the parlor. They were so drunk, they don't know what they are doing. They met this police officer and they're like, hey, bloke, do you know where we are? And the police officer got offended. He looked at this Irish man and they said, Mate, you don't know to whom I'm talking to? Then these two guys broke in laughter. They said, He doesn't know who he is. We don't know where we are. We are in a really a mess. 
that's supposed to be a joke. You should be laughing. <laughs> okay, so this is the thing. We sometimes don't even know who we are. And we, and we questioned God. And, and we, Moses questioned God, who are you? And God said, I am that I am. And it's a beautiful thing. That can alone, can, we can take the whole day and talk about it. It's absolutely sufficient to meet every need that you have. Amen. And he said this in a beautiful way, but we're not going to dwell on that. But God was not offended with your questions. You know, when Brother Michael was sharing, like he was offended by God. You know what? God was not offended at him. You can be offended at God, but God is not offended at you. He is not going to be scared of your questions that you raise to him. Hello? I may be offended because I'm a human like you. I may be scared or I may not even know how to answer your question because I'm just a human like you. But Papa God is never offended with your questions. Amen? Number three excuse. Moses said, dear Lord, what if? This is predominantly what we do. What if? What if people don't believe me? You know, what my uncle will think? What my auntie will think? We come from a group culture, right? And I have a very, I come from a very big family and we have very many weird uncles. For some of my family, I was one of those weird uncles also. So, we all have weird uncles. Anybody have weird uncles in your family? Yes. Don't look at them right now. Or, but, but, but this is the thing. It's just who you are. You know, and sometimes you, you're so focused on what other people think. And I realize that the more we think about other people's opinion, the less we think about the opinion of God. Amen? You can tweet that. But the more... <laughs> The more we think about the opinion of God, the less become the opinion of people. Amen? And this is something Moses has to learn. What if? And then finally God answers him so beautifully. Chapter 4, verse 1 and 2. We'll come back to that later. But then, the, then after even God answers and he obeys, then Moses again asks the fourth lame excuse. And this is a beautiful one. He says in chapter 4, verse 10, Moses said, Actually, Lord... I really stutter. I can't tell your people how to go. But look at what Stephen records under the anointing of the Holy Spirit. Look at what Stephen records. The next verse. Then we put it up there in the screen. Look at this verse. Let's read this together. Church, all of you. One, two, three. Moses was educated in all wisdom of the Egyptians and was powerful in speech and in action. So who is lying here? The Holy Ghost? Stephen under because, because he's scared because of the stone that somebody is hitting? Come on. Something is going on. Every time when God gives us an assignment, we always highlight what the enemy has highlighted to us. What the enemy has highlighted? What you are bad at. And I tell you guys, here Moses said, I stutter and, and, and this is what he did. And that's where we got this famous phrase, here I am Lord, but send him. Have you heard this? Here I am Lord, send Aaron. Here I am Lord, send Aaron. And this is what, here I am, I'm here to worship you Lord, but send him please. <laughs> we do this thing and that's what happened here with Moses. You know, he was questioning his own ability. But let's move on. Look at this verse. 
what made moses to give all these lame excuses what makes you and me to give all these lame excuses why is because of one simple thing which is not simple to to explain but it is simple to say it's to holding he was holding on to stuff what was he holding on to stuff he was holding on you know look at the look at the conversation that's going on between god and him exodus chapter 4 verse 2 to 5 i'm going to read this it's up on the screen the lord said to him what is it in your hand the, the thing with god how many of you have conversations with god i'm not talking about prayer where you give your grocery list to him and say in jesus name amen that's not a conversation <laughs> conversations means you talk and you listen hello yes right now it's a monologue because you're all listening but you go to fish market have you been there yes it's amazing they all talk at the same time but i'm not sure everybody understands there but but it's a reality so conversation requires two people to communicate and here god and moses in the midst of all this he was communicating the lord said to moses what is in your hand he said a staff he said throw it on the ground so you threw it on the ground and became a serpent and moses ran from it and the lord said to moses put your hand and catch it by the tail and he put out his hand and caught it and became a staff in his hand that they may believe that the lord the god of their fathers the god of abraham the god of isaac the god of jacob has appeared to you what's my point it's there god is using the same tools that moses is familiar with to speak his truth to him through him to pharaoh you know the snake many of you might know this history the pharaoh's crown had a snake so when the snake it appeared he ran away but through mere obedience this is the beautiful thing that's why god calls this guy who made four lame excuses like us a friend of mine why because he obeyed he took the snake by the tail i am not a snake expert but i have learned a little bit you the worst thing that you do to yourself is to take the snake by the tail if you want to be graduated from earth to heaven you do that <laughs> you don't do that you know i was in manali 10 years ago with my wife and they had the pythons you can hold and take a picture so they gave me the pythons it was i'm not sure the pictures here but it was like a 20 long feet python you can for 50 rupees i had the most fake smile ever <laughs> and i was like because that 10 seconds picture but he said to me one thing don't leave the head whatever you do just don't leave the head but smile <laughs> and let me tell you this holding the tail of the snake is the most dangerous thing you could ever do this is what this is my point sometimes when god asks you to do things it's outside your logical interpretations but when you step out in faith and do it you will see the glory of god what is the glory of god the mind of god the culture of god manifest amen and we knew this here and my prayer is this that you won't reduce this to a good sermon oh i like it it was humorous no 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 i pray that you will take that step of faith and say yes lord whatever it is i'm going to catch it by the tail because out of obedience out of surrender comes greater spiritual authority amen and this is what i wrote down here moses for moses the stuff means a lot of things it means five things quickly identity as a shepherd number 2 a sense of dependence we are running out of time so i'm i'm 
you know, you can take a picture or write it down. If you ask me notes, I'll send it to you. You know, and status quo. So he was walking with a stick like a status, you know. I don't know if you have seen this in the villages. They Sometimes they call it Natamai. Have you heard that word? Natamai is a guy who leads uh, the village uh, leader. He always have two things. One is the beetle box. And another one is a sumbu. What is it called? It's a flask. The beetle box is the one that he always... This, he, these two things are important for him to be there. He will sit under the banyan tree and he will give his verdict to the people. So this is Moses' status quo. What was the status quo? The rod, the staff. He was walking with that. Look at the fourth one. He got his authority from it. Number five. He's, he really hold on to his treasured position. That was his treasured position. And maybe sometimes when God calls you, and you, you might have heard this before. God cannot fill a person when the person is already full. It's important that you surrender. It's important you give. So this is what I wrote down. Nothing in this world we will achieve in the realm of spiritual authority if we haven't learned the art of surrender. Maybe for you, there is no stick. Brother, I am in the 21st century. There is no stick. I have two phones. One my personal phone. Another one is the work phone. Anytime they may give me a call. Hmm? Or those days they have, you know, this called pager. You had a pager here. Remember? Those days you remember? Anybody remember pager? Yes. And you have to run to the STD booth when you have this pager. So anyway, so your stick could be different. I wrote down here many sticks here. Your stick could be title, position, gifting, ministry, bank balance, property, family inheritance. Education, social status, social status, national status. You know, people say, you know what, I come from a country, I have this status. We are the most blessed country among all the countries. I actually, because I travel, I look at how many countries India can go, Indian passport holders can go to another country without visa. 56 countries we can go. I checked my wife's country, it's 172 countries they can go without visa. And I looked at the 56, 20 of them are in the islands. To get there, you need Australian visa and New Zealand visa. <laughs> so it's, it's very weird. You know, it's, sometimes you feel like, oh man. You know, so sometimes you, you, you feel like your national status. People say, I'm from this. Your neighborhood, where you live maybe. Cast, another thing. I cast my cast upon Jesus. Long time ago. Amen. It's a bad pun, but it's true. People ask me, what cast are you? I said, I'm a mixed fruit jam like Kisan. Have you seen that Kisan? It looks all fruity because my grandfather, one was a Brahmin, another one was a Dalit. You mix them together, that's the product. Amen? Hello? So, this is the thing. People say, I'm a, I'm a Brahmin Christian. Hello? Why don't you say, I'm a Dalit Christian? Why don't we say that? Why? Because we don't feel good. Dalit Christian, Brahmin Christian, ayah. That is a demon sitting in your flesh that has to be taken out. Sorry if I'm, I'm, I'm a part of my family so I can address this with authority. We shouldn't hold on to what we come from. Christ comes, everything else dead. Amen? Look at this. Color of your skin. I remember buying fair and lovely. I remember those days. I went to my grandmother and I said, why God made South Indian so dark? 
she took songs of solomon chapter 5 verse 1 karupa irundalum alaga irukiren even though i am dark i am beautiful it didn't help me look at all our south indian actresses they are imported from north india they are imported from america or england they do lip sync they don't even know how to say vanakam vanakam how are you but we are so maniac over the color of the skin put your hand on your skin and say i'm beautiful come on your i'm not telling to touch somebody's skin your skin come on i am beautiful god created me he never made you know you know the, the thing with the color i say to people sometimes i look at my wife and say she says i need a tan i say i'm born with a tan i am born with a tan baby hello amen linu you're born with a tan peter you're born with a tan amen mahima you're born with a tan amen look at this so family status that's another thing family status look at the job people say i have this job listen to me those things should never define you workplace they should never define you write it down i don't know what's your staff you're holding but this is my prayer we're going to take part in the communion this is my prayer i believe this year god wants to occupy you more 2020 he wants to occupy you not on on sundays not only on weekdays not on special days not just when you come on church no no he wants to occupy you every single area of your life he wants to occupy your finances occupy your thoughts occupy how your your entertainment area he wants to occupy when you go shopping he wants to occupy you what does that mean you have to give him that throne that he alone deserves to be seated amen that's what is written down here is there next slide is there maybe that's the last one Not, nothing can or must or should take the place of god on the throne of our hearts that jesus alone deserves to reside only he can i told this last week i'm going to tell this again god doesn't like to do share auto business he hates it because we cannot allow god to say you come and stay here then i will keep on doing these things no 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 it's him or him alone that's it and this is the journey we are at and that's what i don't want to give you a feel good message this may be tough maybe something it's dear to your heart you need to lay it down but let me tell you our daddy god is not a sadist that to take the good stuff that he gave you so that he can feel good about it no 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 he takes it so that he becomes your life amen not the things of god becomes life god himself becomes your life